walking through the gospel of John here. We're seeking to encounter Jesus, light in our darkness. As I came to this passage, been praying through it, one of the things that hit me is we're going to receive who Jesus reveals himself as, the resurrection and the life. And one of the things that hit me is that the sense that, that we were caught up in what's called the daily grind. Do you feel that? I and mean, some of you just kind of responded to that, like the daily grind. It just, it just, it just sounds oppressive, right? And we, we, we feel it, it's a descriptive uh, of this kind of just grunting through life. I'm just going to get through, got to get through another day. This, this, this sense of just getting by. And it's just this, this working, and I'm just going to lower my shoulders, lower my head. I just got to get through. Just got to get to the weekend. We just got to get through our marriage. We just got to get through this job. Onto this. Maybe there's something better on the horizon. I just got to get through, get these kids out of the home. Get them graduated. Get them to college. I just got to get to retirement. We just got to make it through. And there's just this sense I've got to pull myself up by my bootstraps. I, I, I've, got to, I've just got to muster the strength. And, 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 and I've got to do it. And we feel tired, don't we? We feel exhausted. Sometimes we just, just want to give it, like, I just don't got any. Like, there's the phrase, like, I can't even. It just grammatically doesn't even make sense. You can't, like, the sentence doesn't even go for it. It's just, I can't even. There's no more words. The grind. Do we, do we have to live this way? You know, many of us who, who are, consider ourselves followers of Jesus Christ, we live this way as well. We're stuck in just grinding it out, grinding it through. I just got to pick myself up. I just got to keep going. I just got to hold on. And, but there's more. Do you want more? I just I want to ask. I just want to just want to see where. Do you want more? Five people do. Five people want more. I hope there's more of you out on online that want more. Who wants more? Come on, come on. Yeah. Because there is more, and Jesus wants to speak to that. He wants you to know that God sending His Son to us wants you to know, beloved. There's more. You don't have to just grind it through. You can truly live. We're going to see here. Jesus, Jesus gives us hope that there's more than this life, but in that he gives us power to truly live in this life now. Let's read. If you haven't turned there, go ahead and do so. Your Bibles, Bible apps. We have Bibles underneath the chairs in front of you if you need one of those. John eleven seventeen through 44. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had...
been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained where seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her. So to weep, rise quickly and go out. They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now, then, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? And Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Jesus lifted his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Let's pray, friends. Spirit, help us hear your word. Jesus, help us hear you. Help us encounter you, Jesus. Pull back the veil, remove the distractions 
Lord, soften our hearts that we may hear you and see you and encounter you today, Jesus. Lord, light, light us on fire. Lord, I'm so excited about this word. Lord, help my excitement not get in, in your way. Lord, communicate your word through me, your servant. In your name, amen. As I prayed there, just to be honest, I am super, super stoked for God's word today. I don't know how it's going to come out, friends. Disclaimer, okay? I got horrible sleep last night, and I am jacked for Jesus' word here. So uh, here, here we go, all right? So for those of you who, who were, were with us last week, kind of like jumping in the middle of a, of a TV sitcom episode here, uh, last week in chapter 11 at the beginning, we heard from Jesus, or we, we, we saw with Jesus, he received a report from his friends, Mary and Martha, who reported to him that their brother Lazarus was seriously ill. Lazarus was seriously ill, like deathbed kind of ill, like ICU kind of ill. And, and, and Jesus, when he received the report, he already knew he was dead. He already knew that Lazarus was dead. And he delayed coming because he explained to his disciples, ah, you need to see something. Everybody here that's, that's involved, they need to see the glory of God. It's not just that Lazarus is alive, but how he will be alive is so important because you need to know something about me for your own sake. Last week we focused on how Jesus, speaking about death, he radically changes how we see death and therefore how we can live in this life. That has no power over us. Amen. And so Jesus now. Comes to visit Lazarus. And so we have in our first first section here. Jesus going to see the family and they're grieving. And he arrives. Verse 17. Lazarus has been dead. He's been in the tomb for four days. These details are not arbitrary for us. You see. There was the, there was the thinking among the, the, the Jews at this time that, that the spirit of the person who had died would be hovering around either the, the corpse or the grave itself. That, that the spirit was there and was hovering around for three days. Not sure their math, but three days. The spirit would be there just in case like there's some resuscitation that happens uh, 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 that, 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 that the body would come back to life, to be reanimated and, and to live. So for three days. So the fourth day would mean that Lazarus was really dead. Like not mostly dead. And I can't help but think of Monty Python. And I'm not dead yet. I'm getting better. I think I'll go for a walk. He was dead. Fully, 100% dead. The four days... Indicate there is no hope of return for Lazarus. The grief is real. It is heavy. And we see here that, 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 that like us today where we have family and friends come and console. And, 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 and they have a large crowd here ministering to, to Martha and, and, and Mary. Because Bethany is just a little ways away from Jerusalem, just a couple miles away. And so the Jews from Jerusalem had come out. And Mary and, and Martha La- and Lazarus, they were a very prominent family. 
And they had a bunch of people there mourning with them. And the mourning was such a big, big deal. They had, they had a, 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 a formula. You had to mourn for seven days, but no more than 30. But you had to mourn for seven days. And in fact, if you were, 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 were out for a walk and you got caught up in, in, into uh, uh, the funeral procession where they're carrying the body to the tomb... You know how we have like cars that the, the, going from the, the, the church to the cemetery and how I have that, right? This might be people are walking because they didn't have cars back then, for those who didn't know that. Um, and, and so if you encountered that, you would join in, even if you didn't know the person. Can you imagine how long that car procession would be if everybody joined in? Like there'd be a traffic jam all day long. But they took mourning very seriously, and people, everybody would born, join in. They, there, was, there was professional wailers, all right? We're not talking about, like, you know, the mammal wailing, but we're talking about people who were weeping, like professional people who would be brought in to, to weep on behalf of the deceased. They, they, they took this seriously. They're in the midst of this, this heavy grief. And loss. And of course, it's at its apex right now because there was no hope of his return. And in comes Jesus. Martha approaches Jesus here. Martha becomes kind of this image for us, this example for us of faith. Martha encounters Jesus and she and she approaches him, expressing, if you've been here, if you've been here, he'd still be alive. But I know, I know you have a connection with the Father and he, he will give you whatever you ask. I trust you. Martha comes Mar- Mar- and Mary stays back behind. Martha's just this, this great active initiative taker, all right? Luke, Luke uh, uh, records about Martha. She's like in the kitchen, just busy hospitality. And she's like screaming at Jesus like, why don't you wake your sis- my sister? Help me in the kitchen here. I'm working so hard. And Mary's just at Jesus' feet. She's just chill, laid back, give me more of Jesus. Martha's action-oriented. She's the first. She goes to Jesus. She's full trust in him. She trusts Jesus beyond what she understands him to actually be. May our faith be like this. We trust him beyond our understanding of who he actually is. So she, she comes and she expresses, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give it to you. And Jesus makes this mind-blowing statement, your brother will rise again. Now through Martha's ears, she, she, she was uh, uh, part of this fair group uh, and uh, uh, received the teaching from the, the, the group called the Pharisees at this time. And they believed they already believed that after death, God would raise people again. They already believed in the words of Isaiah that there would be a resurrection from the dead. And so she responds. She says, of course, yes, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day, this, this future event. There was another religious group at this time called the Sadducees. And the, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were, were in deep conflict over each other. But thus, belief, what, is there a resurrection from the dead? Is there life after death? The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection, which is why they were sad, you see. Okay. To more important things. Jesus explains, 
I am the resurrection and the life. Martha was talking about there's a future event. There is a resurrection. There is a time and there's a date in the last day. Jesus says, it's not an event. It's a person. I am the resurrection and the life. He fleshes this out a little bit. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who believes in me shall never die. Jesus is beginning to unpack something so profound. Now in John, he moves the story along. He's intentionally set out. He wants us to know Jesus is God. He's not just a good man, not just a miracle worker. Jesus is God. And he, and he uses miracles that increasingly get greater and greater. This is the climax here. But he also uses capturing Jesus's I am statements. These are I am. I am the bread of life. I am living water. I am the light of the world. All these things that, that were seen as objects or events, and he's explaining, it's a person. I'm the fulfillment of all these things that God the Father had given you to celebrate as events. They were all anticipations of me who would fully accomplish these things. I'm the resurrection and the life. These are two things that are separate here. Whoever believes in me, though he die, shall live. What he's talking about here is that, that, that resurrection, that physically, what we think of, that, that, that Jesus is coming back, that there is going to be a, a, a raising from the dead. The language that Jesus used earlier was falling asleep. That's what Christians would use in the Old New Testament. You'll hear them use. They're not dead. They've, those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. He's coming back, friends. The resurrection that Jesus accomplishes in his own life that we celebrate in Easter is this guarantee that death isn't the end. It doesn't have the final say. So much of our life is lived just living in the moment because we live like this is it. This is our best life now, right? We have a whole phrase, YOLO, Y-O-L-O. You only live once. Live it up right now. Live it up now because there ain't nothing better. Too much, too often we're living like it, right? This is part of why we end up grinding it out rather than living to the fullest. I got to get my best life now. Jesus is saying, being the resurrection, there's more. There's so much more. This world can be the worst it gets. But the resurrection, it means all of us will be raised. Some of us to eternal life and joy and pleasure in the presence of God. But some of us will be raised for eternal life, eternal death, eternal judgment. We'll all be raised. There's more than this life. But what is that, what is that experience going to be for you? You see, it's only through Jesus Christ that there is this hope that there's more to this life. Through his lordship, through his love for us, through his power to save us, to change our destiny. 
You see, him conquering death is him paying our penalty of the sin that we deserve. What we deserve for our sin is death, every one of us. But Jesus can change that. Not only that, I am the resurrection. Not only is there more than this life, there is more to this life. When Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life, he's meaning this life breaks into the now. It's not just a future time. It's that I want to live in you now. Jesus doesn't die merely to to get us out of hell into heaven. Jesus dies in order to get the God of heaven into us. Think about that. How the difference that makes. We have to be changed. We have to be changed. We can't make ourselves good. We can't make ourselves good enough. We can't change ourselves. We have to be changed. We're grinding it out. Because we're trying to change ourselves and we can't. I spend so much time trying to change myself. And I have to constantly come and get on my knees and repent of that and get out of God's way. Because I can't. And I get frustrated. Maybe you're like that as well where you're trying in your marriage. You're trying with your kids. You're trying at school, your coworkers, And you're like, I tried. I put this into practice. These techniques, these steps or whatever. I've, I've tried and I'm done. Maybe you said, I'm done. Give up. The great words of Yoda come to mind. Do or do not. Try not. I think I botched that. I totally botched that. That was horrible. All right. I, I, that was really in the moment here. But those words of, 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 of do not try, do. That's our philosophy. It's wrong. You can't do. I can't do. I need to receive. I need life to be born in me. You need life in you that you don't have. Which is why it can be different. As long as you keep trying, you're going to keep getting the same and it's going to keep being a grind and you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be beat down. You're going to be depressed. You want to give up because that's all we get with our effort. But there's more. I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus doesn't want to just give you life. Jesus is the life himself. Paul explains this difference as he talks about the grind and the suck of this life and the evil and and the struggle in this life. But we can have power in the midst of this life filled with death. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says this. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life 
of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believe and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Listen up. Though our outer self wastes away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Do you want that? So though death is at work around us, and even in our bodies, right? We're born dying, right? There's the physical law of entropy. Everything in existence tends towards decay, chaos, death. Everything. It's just a reality that we all accept in science. But though we're dying, our bodies decay. We can be taken to greater and greater life now. You can. Though the world around us, you can be pushed back but not put down. You can be crushed, but not destroyed. Friends, there's more. There's more. And so Jesus asks, do you believe this of Martha? Now she didn't realize what was loaded in what Jesus had said here. But look at her faith. Verse 27. Yes, Lord, I believe. In fact, the, the word here is past tense. It's, it's called the perfect tense. It means she says, I have believed. Her belief was well before this moment. I have believed, which, which it has a continuous effect into the presence. The perfect tense is a past action with continuous effect into the present. I have believed. Not because of what you're going to do for me. Not because of outcomes I expect of you. I already know you are God. You're my king. And she doesn't even know what Jesus is going to do next. She, doesn't, she can't even conceive what Jesus is about to do. As we'll see later. This is our faith. To believe beyond what we could understand. He has glory. He wants to show in and through you. There's more. Do you believe? Jesus moves on here to encounter Mary. Martha gets up, goes and gathers Mary here. And we see a powerful tenderness of God towards us. Jesus' power over death. Sometimes we can think that this resurrection victory means that that we shouldn't be, we shouldn't grieve. That we shouldn't have sorrow in this life. That we shouldn't experience pain. If we're overcomers, that that we're, that that, that kind of weeping and crying and and, and suffering in this life is, 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 that's a lack of faith. That's not true. Jesus comes to Mary. Mary. Mary hears about Jesus. She runs to him. And she doesn't quite get to him. And she falls on the ground. 
And in her grief, she expresses, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. You know that, 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 that part of grieving, it's called bargaining, the stage of grief, where she said, if only this hadn't happened. If only we had done this. If only this, this, this was what was going on. If, if only there's this tension in our, in our psyche, in our soul, that we, we are, we're, we're struggling with the fact that we, something we hate has happened, and yet the reality of the moment of, of this permanence of this loss is real, and we're trying to make sense of it, and there's this if only happening inside of us. It's real, and it's okay. It's not a lack of faith. If only, Jesus, you had been here. Jesus sees the grief, her weeping, others weeping. The word says something interesting here. He's deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. What what we often see with these, these English words is that Jesus is, 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 is caught up in the grief as well, the, the sadness. These words actually mean he's angry. Have you, have you experienced anger as a part of your grief? That's, that, that's, again, isn't a bad thing. There, there's an injustice. You see, God didn't make us for death to be in this world. Death's part of sin. Loss is part of sin. He, he didn't make us to experience loss. We brought that into the world with our sin. So there's a, a, a righteousness, an anger of, of, of towards, towards loss and things being taken, rightly so, in this life. Jesus is angered at the sin in this world, at the, at the loss that, 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 that Lazarus experienced at the cost of sin in this world. He's, he's, he's angry also at the unbelief in the hearts of the people. The justice of God comes out. Anger and grief can be intimately mixed. We are complex beings. But it doesn't stop there. Jesus going to the tomb, he weeps. This means he ugly cried. Okay? He ugly cried. It wasn't like that one tear and it was very holy, dripped off his face. He poured out his eyes and his heart. He shared, shared in the pain, even though he knew what he was about to do. He knew, but he shared in their pain. He shares in your pain. Understand, Paul explains later, the God and Father of all mercy who comforts us in our time of need, 2 Corinthians 1, it means is this God of sympathy, this God who feels what we feel. The, the, you see, the suffering you go through in this life, God is with you in that, and he isn't a distant observer. He doesn't just like, from, from, from a scientific standpoint, kind of watching and, and understanding from the outside, God feels your pain, God shares in your suffering in this life. He didn't just, Jesus just didn't just die on the cross and take the worst kind of suffering. He's sharing in all of your, all of our suffering around the world. He grieves it. He has an indignation that it's not right. 
And he is doing something about it. The power of Christ over death doesn't minimize our pain in our present. There's meaning in our pain and God is in it. And he's working. He's comforting. He's overcoming. Jesus goes beyond here to show his power. Deeply moved again, we see. He tells them as they come to the grave, take away the stone. Martha, showing that she, again, did not conceive resurrection was a possibility, says what's what's just absolutely logical. It's been four days, and he's decomposing. It ain't going to be pretty. It's going to be pretty stinky is what it's going to be. There's going to be an odor. Jesus reminds Did I not tell you if you believe that you would see the glory of God? And Jesus goes into these public prayer in order to make everybody abundantly clear what's about to happen is because Jesus is one with God. Not because he's something separate from God. He exists to lead us all back into relationship with God the Father. And he is endorsed by God. He is God himself. And so he cries out, Lazarus, come out. And you can imagine. Can you imagine? You know, we've heard, many of us who've grown up in this church or grown up in a church, we've heard this story over and over again. And and to to, to intellectually try to wrap our minds around just the, 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 the chaos and the dissonance in our brains of, of, of just the anticipation starts. Like he just said, like, what's going on here? What's going on? And then Lazarus starts, like, mummified Lazarus is kind of, you know, walking out of the tomb. Like, you just imagine, like, whoa, like, there's no words. This is crazy what's going on. Of course, people paralyzed by the miracle and and he has to tell them, unbind him and let him go. Take the clothes off. This boy's free. He's alive. Lazarus, in a way, becomes the object that, 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 that... Jesus wants to see ourselves in that Jesus is the resurrection and the life and he wants to bring us to life. He's not only just guaranteeing, yes, there is a future event. Death doesn't have a hold on you and which should change how we live now. But Jesus wants to get inside of you and me. He wants us to live. Many of us here, many of you here are grinding it out. And it's like, yes, you've surrendered to Jesus You have hope for eternal life, but you're living with grave clothes on. You're still living bound up, just getting by, just trying your best effort to just eke it out. And you're struggling. And life sucks because of it. And sometimes, and maybe even now, you're just ready to give up. There's a video I'll, I'll share at another time. We don't have time for it today. But Major Ian Thomas. And in that video, he explains. He, he's the one who's the author of this statement. 
Jesus didn't die to just get you out of hell and into heaven. Jesus died to get God out of heaven and into you. One of our very own here, Wally Johnson, that Wally and Susan are, are up in the Twin Cities today, but he gave me permission to share some of his testimony. And for decades, we're talking like 30 years or more, like decades as a follower of Jesus, he lived out of this place of, of guilt. He had to do for Jesus. And it just gets tired. Over and over. And he just, he felt this responsibility. I have to give to Jesus. I have to serve for Jesus. I have to. And he came to a, a pivotal point in his life. Where he encountered, finally received, that Jesus did it all. Not only did Jesus pay it all, it's finished. And I receive your grace. I don't deserve it. I never will deserve it. I need you to come. I need you to live in me. Live through me. Live through me, Jesus. I'm just a vessel. I'm just a vessel. You don't put gas in the car so that you can get behind the car and start pushing, right? That's insane. You don't go put 50, 60, 100, all four dollars a gallon of gas in your car so you can get behind it and push it. So you can try harder. We get filled with the spirit, with the God. It's so he can work in us, not that we would work. Amen. So the question is, as we come to encounter him today, do you want more? There's more. You don't have to keep grinding. Do you want to come today and surrender? Forgive me for grinding. I want to receive Jesus. Live in me. Live in me. Live through me. Be king in my heart. Be the power in my life. Live through me. In my relationship with my wife or husband. Live through me in my work. In my work ethic. In my relationship with my people. Live in me in my relationship with my brothers and sisters. And and the the other students at school. Live in me Lord. In my despair. In my mental illness. Live in me Jesus. I want more. I want to be alive. I don't want to just grind. I want to live Jesus. Jesus called Lazarus' name and he came out of the grave. Jesus is calling your name. Will you come out of the grave? Will the worship team come on forward? I want to invite you to take seriously. If you need to be on your knees, if you want to sit down, if you, you reckon yourself with the Lord and don't leave here until you get more. If you need to pray with somebody, we we'll have people available here around to pray. Holy, let's go to the Lord. Holy Spirit, let us not continue the grind. Holy Spirit, give us a restlessness, Lord, so that we can only find our rest in you, Jesus. You working in us, you alive in us, Jesus. Forgive us for having satisfied ourselves with a change in our circumstances. Yes, yes, there is more than, than this life. Thank, but we, we, we still live in our own power. Forgive us. We love the resurrection, but God, forgive us for not letting you live in us now. Lord, there's the, the, the fruit of the Spirit. You want to work in us. Love, 
joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. These aren't ideals. These are reality that you want to work in us. We want it. We want more of Jesus. We want to be free. We want to be alive. Jesus, meet us now and fill us. God, get into us. In your name we pray. Amen.